Welcome to the One City Church audio experience. My name is Jesse Dan Yusuf and I serve as the lead pastor. Our vision is to see everyone everywhere becoming one with God and our mission is to bring heaven to earth in our city as it is in heaven. Right now, we are preparing for the official launch of our church on Sunday, the 1st of October, 2023, and we are inviting you to be a part of this special move of God. For more information, you can visit our website, www.one-city.org, or follow us on social media at One City Online. Now let's listen to the message. We have been on a journey for the past This is our seventh week in the series called Foundations, where we are tracing the doctrines of what we believe as we seek to launch our church on the 1st of October, 2023. And we are building upon what we believe God has called us to live out. Amen. So these are the foundational doctrines of our community, the foundational doctrines of our faith. We started from emphasizing that Jesus is the one we're building on. Jesus at the center, but Jesus asked the solid rock. And we're building our house, our lives, our church on Jesus, the solid rock, the cornerstone. Hallelujah. And we're told that when we build our house upon him, we are like the wise man who builds our house upon the solid rock. Because the winds and the waves will come. But the wise man who has built his house upon the rock, his house will still stand in the mighty name of Jesus. That's what we're doing. And listen, We don't want to, yes, I know probably in architecture and civil engineering, there's all sorts of new innovations coming up where we see buildings um, coming up in days, literally. But that is, I believe they must have perfected and perfected and perfected it. And so many of the innovations we have seen have not been rolled out in mass, right? I'm trying to make a point that if you're going to build something that will last long, you must dig deep. Amen? If you're going to build a marriage that will last long, you must build deep foundations. You're going to build a life, a career that will last long. You must build what? Deep foundations and solid foundations. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. A tree with shallow roots, any time a flood comes or a wind comes or something comes, it is easily felled. But the higher the tree, the taller the tree, the stronger its roots and deeper its roots. So we need deep roots. Tell your neighbor you need deep roots. Glory to God. So we did Jesus um, as our rock. We've talked about what the church is. We've talked about what it means to be one with Christ. We did that last week. What else have we talked about, guys? Salvation, that we are saved by grace through faith. Amen. What else? Becoming like Christ. Hallelujah. And we said when we are saved, we're enrolled into the school of the Spirit called what? discipleship. Yes. Thank you. We are enrolled in the school of the spirit called what? Discipleship. And in this place of discipleship, the Lord is molding us. He's making us. He's pruning. He's taking away things that are not of him, but he's infusing things into us so that we can become more like him because that is the goal of the journey to become one with him and to become like him. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So today we're going to be doing something very interesting from Romans 8, 1 to 11. And today's topic in our seventh episode of Foundations is life in the Spirit. Everyone say life in the Spirit. Spirit. Amen. If you notice, I'm not just teaching the doctrine. I'm trying to make it as applicable as possible. So 
um, I'm teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit, but I want you to also not see these things as just some concept, as some um, truths that you just know, but it's something you live with. Amen. So we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want us to understand something. We've seen man is the creature that God has given permission to dwell in heaven and on earth. Man is the creature that God um, created for that specific purpose. Now, I'm not saying other of his creations like angels and other spirits and heavenly hosts are not able to cross realms. What I'm saying is that man is the one being that God said that heaven and earth, in you, you are the bridge. So we see that in the prototype of this garden city called Eden. Amen? Amen? So when the Lord created the heavens and the earth, the Bible tells us that he created a garden city called Eden. And he made man, he planted man in it and told him to tend to it, to be fruitful and multiply. And we understand that Adam used to walk with God as if it was a normal thing, right? And we know that because man fell, we lost access. So it's not that we lost access to just a physical location of God um, Eden. We lost access to the presence of God. Is everybody tracking with me? Adam made us lose access. We lost access because of the fall of man. So we were left to, to our own devices. We we're left to leave until the Lord, because he promised all the way from Eve and said that the seed of Eve will crush the head of the serpent. And we know that the Messiah in his fullness came in the person of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And through Christ, hallelujah, what the first Adam could not do, the second Adam did. Christ did. What did he do? He restored access. Amen. He restored access. So now... We can enter the Holy of Holies. So even the Lord, he, when he restricted man from his presence, because of his mercy, what he started to do is he messed this man called Abraham and he told him that through you, the nations will be blessed by you and the, I'll redeem the earth through you. Are you with me? So through the lineage of um, Abraham, he created this nation called Israel. And he gave them some ordinances. He gave them some ways that they can worship him. He um, first told them how to create the tabernacle. Then they created the temple. And the architecture of the temple is from outside it to inside it. You are progressively entering into the presence of God. Are you with me? And there are only certain people that can experience the fullness of the presence of God. Now, the high priest is the one that can... So in the Holy of Holies, there's a veil, Right? There's a veil. So imagine um, just in this place now, let's say this is the temple. The further you are away from here, in quotes, you're away from the presence of God. But what the Lord did is he selected a tribe of people, the Levites, and amongst them he selected high priests and said that these are the persons that will be able to minister to me. Amen. On your behalf, they will be your representatives. So the high priest was the only one that could enter the Holy of Holies once a year. Once a year. But when Jesus died, the last thing the Lord said was what? It is finished. And the Bible tells us that the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. Hallelujah. Signifying that the Lord himself was the one tearing and, um, the restrictions that were placed and now granting access. Glory to God. 
That's the beauty of our religion. Other religions say that you need to try harder. Other religions say you are not enough. Other religions say that whatever you've done is not enough. The gospel says that it is finished. Hallelujah. The uh, other, other faiths, other belief systems say that it is not enough. You will never be enough. What Christ says is what? It is finished. I am enough. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. That's the beauty of our faith. So not only has he granted us access that we can come boldly before him. Hallelujah. He makes this claim that he has now dwelt in us. Hallelujah. That we are now one with him. That he's abiding in us and he wants us to abide in him. Glory to God. So the way he has achieved that is to give us his spirit. Amen. The way he's achieving that is to what? Give us his spirit to restore not just access, but the relationship is to give us his spirit. Because, like I said, other faiths, other religions say it is not enough. You need to try harder. Him, he's saying it is finished because they cannot do it by themselves. They cannot do it in their own strength. They cannot do it in their own might. So I will give them the ability. Hallelujah. Me working in them, me dwelling in them, me living in them, I will make them what I am demanding of them. Hallelujah. It's just, it's almost as if our father sent us to school and he's writing our exams for us. There's someone that nodded. Is that what happened to you? <laughs> Amen. He set the standard, but he met it. Hallelujah. So the way we now continually enjoy that, hallelujah, is to live in the spirit. Glory to God. Romans 8 is one of the most beautiful passages anyone can read. I encourage you to read the book of Romans. But I've so fallen in love with, I, I think we read from Romans 8 last week. Yes, it's from Romans 8 we read. So even now we are still dwelling in Romans 8. Amen. I'm setting the scene for you. Now this entity, the Holy Spirit, in <laughs> depending on who you're listening to, you may hear something like the Holy Spirit is an energy. The Holy Spirit is a force. Tell your neighbor, Nehi. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is God. Amen? The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Hallelujah. God the Father, the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So God himself is setting the standards and saying, I want you to become like me, but I know you don't have the ability. So what I'll do is I will come and dwell in you so that you will become like me. You become one with me and we will never lose that access. We will never lose fellowship. We will never lose intimacy. We will never lose our bond with one another. Through my presence, my spirit in you. So the Holy Spirit in us is not a force. Amen? Is not an energy. The Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is what? A person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And Paul now makes us understand. He says that, but you, however, I love the New Testament teachers. He says, you, however, you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. For anyone who does not understand what Paul is trying to make, he's making this distinction of flesh and spirit. He's making us understand that if we only leave flesh in this regard, is we're just using our mind um, functions and our carnal minds, our 
earthly um, intuitions, our thoughts, our patterns. But what he's making us understand that there's another way to live. Hallelujah. Which is what Christ came to do. And that way is what through the spirit. He says, but you, have, however, are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. It says, for you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Just look at this sentence. You are not in the flesh, but you are what? In the spirit. For if, in fact, the spirit of God, what? Dwells in you. Isn't that what I was trying to tell us yesterday? I mean, last week. That we are in Christ and Christ is in us. We are in the spirit and the spirit of God is where? In us. Hallelujah. So what happens? Like I said last week, we don't give our lives to Christ. Yes, there is a, we give him, but he has already given us himself already. We're only responding to what has already happened. Amen? So what happens is when we get born again, when we get born again, hallelujah, if we follow the pattern of Christ in the New Testament, because that is our journey, you know, what Christ came to do is not just to get us to heaven, but is to show, is to elevate the way humanity is. It's not just restoring what Adam lost, but elevating. Hallelujah. That's why he's the second Adam. That's why we are the new creation. Glory to God. So what do we see in the New Testament when we follow the path of Christ? Jesus was what? Born of the Spirit. Jesus was what? Born of the Spirit. This young woman called Mary, an angel appears to her and tells her that she will be the mother of the Messiah. And she says, how will this be because I have not lain with a man? And what did the angel tell her? The Spirit of God will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Spirit of the Lord will be upon you. The Spirit of the Lord will be upon you. Hallelujah. So Jesus was born of the Spirit. Amen. It's the same journey we have. For us... To live as God demands of us, we must be born again. We must be what? Born again. So just as Christ was born of the Spirit, we also are born of the Spirit. If you read especially the, um, the book of Luke. So when we now enter Luke 4, the Bible says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Sorry, before Luke 4. He goes, he's, he meets his cousin, John the Baptist, and um, John was telling him that Another, I baptize you with water, but another is coming who will baptize you with fire. He was saying that I will immerse you in water, but what I'm doing, the significance of this, it only symbolizes repentance. But what, I'm, what the Messiah is doing, the one that is coming, will immerse you in what? The Spirit of God. Amen. He will immerse you in the Spirit of God so that you can be another type of person. Glory to God. So Christ came. He told his cousin, just baptize me so that righteous, um, for righteousness sake. And the Bible tells us that uh, heavens parted and the Lord spoke and um, the Holy Spirit de 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 descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove. And the Lord anointed him for the work there. So Jesus wasn't just born of the Spirit. He was what? Anointed of the Spirit. Are you with me? Please, are you tracking with me once city? He was what led, I mean, he was anointed by the Spirit. Then he was, look for one, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And that is where Jesus started to um, 
hear from his father and being shaped by his father. And I'm very sure he was being told what's to come. But even after the 40 days, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to defeat the enemy. Amen. After those 40 days, the Bible tells us that Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit. Glory to God. That is the journey of the believer. Born of the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and what? Functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit. Please tell me you're tracking. Hallelujah. So, Romans 8, 1, what, um, Romans 8, 1 to 11, what Paul is making us understand is there are two ways to live. There are two ways to live. It's either you're being led by the Spirit or you're being led by the flesh. It's either you're being led by the Spirit of God or it's either you're being led by the flesh. And if you're being led by the flesh, there is, it, you will show, it will show evidence. The evidence in Galatians 5 is, the loss of the, I mean, the evidence is, you know, sexual immorality, um, drunkenness, um, orgies, um, offense, anger. He mentioned some of these fruit of the flesh. Are you with me? But he said that if you walk in the spirit, if you are led by the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5, 2, 23, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness. He says, against this, there is no law. Hallelujah. So if we are born of the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God, we will function in the power of the Holy Spirit. But the evidence of God's work, God's Spirit working in us, is the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Amen. Amen. Please, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is not when people are falling under the anointing. Have you seen that clip of that pastor warning people to stop falling under the anointing anyhow, that the cameras are expensive? Please, I want to extend that invitation <laughs> into this house. Amen. Amen. Please, don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit does often, um, we often experience certain, what's the word? Help me. I don't want to use the word drama, but like certain manifestations, right? In physical ways. So some people, they are uncontrollable joy, you understand? There's dancing, there's laughter, there's shouting, all these things. I absolutely agree. But you don't, I don't want you to be speaking in tongues here and you go outside and you're cursing in English. That's not the, that's not the path of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What of what use is it? Of what use is it? So the evidence, the evidence is not speaking in tongues. The evidence of God working in your life, of the Spirit at work in your life, is when you produce these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness, self-control, against such, there is no law. This is the life in the spirit. This is what happens when Christ is working in us. This is what happens when the spirit is alive in us. So there is an inward transformation that is happening when the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. There is what? 
an inward transformation that is happening when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is working in us. And that's what he promised us. I will give them a new heart and I'll give them a new spirit. I'll give them a new heart and I'll give them a new spirit. I'll give them a new heart and I'll give them a new spirit. So life in the spirit is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and us in him. Is the Holy Spirit in us and us in him. Glory to God. This is kind of like a short course on the person of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in us. And I'm going to show you something, something also. The manifestation of the Spirit of God. Or if I were to extend it, the manifestation of the anointing of the Spirit of God. So when we go to um, Isaiah 11, verse 2. Can you put that up, boss? Isaiah 11, verse 2. So what happens is, in Luke 4, or is it 5, I believe, Jesus now goes into the temple and he asks for the book of Isaiah and he reads from what we now call Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me and has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to mend the brokenhearted, to um, heal, to do all these things. So there is the purpose of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 61 is the purpose why you are anointed with the Spirit. The Spirit indwelling in you is the restoration of re relationship, is reconciliation. Amen. Isaiah 61, the anointing upon you is to, recon is to preach this message of reconciliation. It says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to what? Bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the opening of the prison to those who are bound. For those of you who are saying you don't know what your life purpose is, this is it. This, this is your, you don't know what to do with your life. Those of you who are claiming, this is it. You don't know what, you say you don't know what to do. This is it. God has anointed you, hallelujah, to preach the gospel to the poor. The um, Amplified says to those who are physically and spiritually bound. Amen. In fact, um, Amplified Classics said he has commissioned and qualified me. The spirit of the Lord has commissioned and qualified me. He has anointed and qualified. So, um, sorry, it's... The new amplifier that uses commissioned. The old um, classic uses qualified. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Jesus, after he read it, he said, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. And I'm saying this, that if we're following the path of Christ, this also is the purpose of why God has anointed us with his spirit. So I want us to understand something. There is the spirit within and there is the spirit upon the spirit within is indwelling in us, reconciling us. Hallelujah. In us, he's crying out, Abba. And we, if we are born of God, we are children of God. The Holy Spirit is also the seal of our inheritance. Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit upon us, this is the purpose of why he has sent us. Now, Isaiah 11 verse 2, Danny. We're going to see how the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the manifest of that. So, this passage is often called the sevenfold 
um, spirit, or some people call it the seven spirits of God or the sevenfold spirit of God. So we're going to break it down one by after the other. It says, let's read it first. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So some persons call this the sevenfold spirit of God. I believe that when the anointing of the Holy Spirit rests on us, amen? Remember, so um, let me just catch everybody up. The Holy Spirit restores relationship with God. Is everybody tracking with me? The Holy Spirit restores relationship with God. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, amen, and us in him. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit upon us and the purpose of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Isaiah 61. Abi? So this is now the manifestation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing is the Spirit of God shall rest upon him. That is the first manifestation of the anointing. The presence of God. Amen? The what? The presence of God. God has anointed you with his spirit, signifying that his presence is upon you. Have you entered a place? <laughs> Have you entered a place and something is just off? Eh? I'm not, it's not something you can see, but you use this language, my spirit. He does not agree with this place. Or my spirit does not agree with this person. See, I don't know if you guys believe it. there's evil in the world. There are people that are carrying things and have branded it. <laughs> They've branded, they come out nice. They look nice, they look good. Some people are carrying something else. If we really believe this, there will I think we must believe that some people carry other things that are not of God. Some people carry another presence. So you that you're a child of God, you can train your perceptions. You can train to discern presence. Do you agree with me? The first thing God manifests manifests when he anoints you with his spirit is his presence the spirit of the lord god shall rest 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 in the old testament the holy spirit would often come upon persons for particular tasks so that's why samson will lose when they chop off his head that's why david was saying take not your holy spirit from me that's why saul could lose his anointing are you with me? In the Old Testament, God will often anoint kings, priests, prophets for tasks. And they were to maintain that anointing by how they lived. Amen? But here, this is a Messianic text. But because we are in him, this is for us. Amen? So the Spirit of the Lord shall what? rests hallelujah so the anointing of the holy spirit rests upon you as well but also he is in you the holy spirit within and the holy spirit upon glory to god so the first thing 
I told you sevenfold. The first thing is what? The spirit of the Lord shall what? Rest, signifying presence. The spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. The spirit of wisdom. My goodness. We need this now more than ever in our generation. You don't know who is who. You don't know what is what. Isn't it not interesting that we are more connected than ever? We, we have documented things more than ever. But at the same time, it's so hard to discern what is true or not. Yesterday, Eva and I were listening to, I'm the one always on social. So she was saying, what am I listening to? It was an AI dub of Joe Biden singing. AI was using Joe Biden's voice to sing another song. Do you understand? And it was just playing different president's voice, voice using president's voices to um, cover songs. More than ever, the other day, um, I was it two months ago, a song was released by AI, and it was by Drake. But it wasn't Drake, it was AI. More than ever, that we have tools to discover truth. We need the spirit of discernment. And this is just even the place of technology. But there are persons that, like I said, carry things. The enemy is using people. The enemy is using systems. Amen? So the Bible tells us we should not be ignorant of the wiles, of the schemes of the enemy. Hallelujah. So one of the manifestations of the anointing on your life is what the spirit of wisdom to know and to apply the knowledge of God. Amen. To know and to what? Apply the knowledge of God in time and in season. Glory to God. In time and in season. The third thing is what? The spirit of understanding, which means you have an understanding of the ways of God. Hallelujah. You understand the ways, the patterns, the purposes of God. You are able to discern what is good, what is perfect, what is excellent. You are able to discern what is the will of God. Should I live here or not? Should I get married to this person or not? Should I start this enterprise or not? I don't know if you guys get what I'm saying. Jesus knew that the fullness of his ministry was supposed to be in Jerusalem. The, the climax of his ministry was going to end at Jerusalem. But he spent three and a half years just going around cities and villages, proclaiming the good news of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Conventional wisdom would have, Baba, you start ministry. Go where it's happening. Amen. Amen. Go to Lagos. Go to, I'm just, I'm just giving an example. Do you understand? Go where it's happening. But the Bible, even his brothers, the Bible tells us we're mocking him. Ah, you're the Messiah now. Go to Jerusalem. The Bible says he knew it was not his time. The passage Nephemi prayed from, um, from John, talking about the resurrection and the life. They had told Jesus, Baba, your friend is sick. He's about to die. He said, don't worry. They came again. He said, he's um, he's." So he now told them that he's dead. They said, Jesus said he's only asleep. Jesus was pointing to something. So he also said that the ways of the spirit are like wind. So often is God, amen, God that will make us understand his ways. 
is the spirit, is the anointing, the manifest manifest anointing of the Holy Spirit in us. Is understanding the ways, the patterns, the purposes of God. Discerning part time. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God will ask you to do things that you don't understand. Do you know, let me share some. Do you know there are people, even some family members, that don't understand why me and Eva have chosen of all things to be pastors. The other day, somebody was telling me, telling us, do you, do you guys know how much you will blow in Canada? And that they were broke. <laughs> so I just looked at Eva like she said, if you, if you. <laughs> guys, let me, can I just say this? Please, man, listen to your wives. Amen. God has graced them with his, hey, who is that? <laughs> God has graced them with, I'm not joking. God has graced women with his sensitivity that is so beautiful. Many of the things that she has told me not to do, that I did without her knowing. Let's just say thank God for grace. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Where were we? Spirit of understanding. Amen. Spirit of understanding. Ah, this now relates to this fourth one. The spirit of counsel. A divine guidance that aids our decision making. Hallelujah. The ability, the spirit of God resting on you to have divine guidance to aid your decision making. The spirit of the Lord led Jesus into the wilderness. In fact, look for one. It says, the Spirit of the Lord led him to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So, some things you will know, God will tell you something is coming. But he wants you to, he wants to make you say, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the, wilder, led by the Spirit in the wilderness, yes? For 40 days, being tempted by the devil. So, he knew what was going to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. So setting paths, the Lord will take you down. He will give you counsel. But so often, it's not just counsel for you. You're able to also give out counsel for others. So the spirit of counsel, the ability to, um, the Holy Spirit's ability to provide divine guidance. To provide what? Divine guidance. Do you know? There are some things. That will happen to you. There's a right way to go about it, but there's a righteous way to go about it. Amen. I've shared our testimony several times here. Some people offended my wife and I, and God spoke through Eva's mother and told us not to say anything. Wanted to fight, not them. Wanted to fight Eva's parents. How do you say we should keep quiet? We have to defend ourselves. But God fought for us. Amen. Please, I'm not saying follow this pattern. Follow the principle. The principle is what? Follow divine guidance. Follow what? Divine guidance. So I'm not saying don't be keeping quiet. I'm saying listen to the voice of the Spirit. The spirit of might, a supernatural strength to endure trials, resist temptations, and stand firm against the adversities of life. The spirit of might, 
the spirit of might. Honestly, if you had told me 10 years ago I'll be leading a church, I, I would have never imagined it. I never saw myself as one who had the might. Amen? Who had the might to lead people to plant a church for the second time now. Never. You see, Isaiah 61, there were years between 2015 and 2018, I was praying it almost daily. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. I was praying Isaiah 61 almost on a daily basis. And that was because, you know, when I was, um, that's the anchor scripture for YWAP, you know, when I was coordinator of YWAP. So I was praying Isaiah 61 on a daily. And we did some really crazy things as YWAP persons. Is the spirit of might. Standing here, I know that I am empowered with the might of God. Amen. And there is more to come. Hallelujah. So the anointing, the spirit of God upon you empowers you. Hallelujah, which means there is no fear here because you have been supplied might. You have been supplied strength, a supernatural strength. The person sitting beside you is stronger than they realize. Amen. It says the youth, they will lose their strength. But they that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord, he gives us the spirit of might. That's why we'll see certain people doing certain things and you're wondering how. How? Look at our fathers in the faith. They all come from humble backgrounds. I'm talking of our fathers in the faith in Nigeria. Look at what they're able to do. Thousands of churches all over the world. Universities. You think it's not it's easy? Go and do your own. Go and start. Or you think what I'm doing is easy. Go and start your own now. Also, the Holy Spirit empowers you for certain things. Oh. Amen. He empowers you for what? Certain things. No good if fight for traffic. <laughs> he said, I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do you know? No, 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 no. There were times when Jesus had to blind people to leave. Do you understand? He, the Bible says he moved, um, he walked, walked amongst them, out of them, because it was not yet time. Amen. The time when it came for him to be arrested, what happened? He let them arrest him. Glory to God. So the spirit of mind is for specific tasks and purposes. Glory to God. Amen. Just as Samson was tasked to be a deliverer of the nation of Israel, are you with me? God empowers you. God fills you with his strength for the purpose of preaching the gospel. That which we say Isaiah 61 is for. The spirit of knowledge, the sixth one. An intimate familiarity with the word of God. An intimate familiarity with the word of God. So when you read the Bible... Many of you who have been growing in your faith will agree with me that when you started reading the Bible, when you got born again, and when you open the text now, 
two different things. It's the anointing that is bringing rev to you. Hallelujah. The anointing is bringing light, the knowledge of the way of God, the word of God, the will of God. Hallelujah. And this is not for some people, please. It is for every one of us. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the seventh one, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now, this is to really confuse me before when I was younger. Why would we fear God if he's all loving? But the Old Testament authors or the New Testament, I mean, the Bible um, writers are not talking about fear that paralyzes. They're talking about fear that produces reverence and awe. Amen? Amen. It is fear. The fear of the Lord is about awe. It's reverential fear. Glory to God. Is that you're in so awe of him that your actions... Your decisions here on earth are guided by the reverential fear of God. So you don't do certain things because of the fear of the Lord. Let me give you an example. What Bible did Joseph read to know that sleeping with another man's wife was wrong? Tell me. One third of Genesis is written about Joseph. What Joseph had was the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God produced the reverential fear of God. What was Joseph's response to Potiphar's wife? I will not sin against God. Amen. How did he know? The fear of the Lord. The what? The fear of the Lord. So the Spirit of God produces in us the reverential fear of God that guides our thoughts, guides our actions. So some things, some of you, I know you've wanted to tear somebody's love, but you'll just be like, <laughs> no, even not for God. <laughs> Jokes, but you guys get what I'm saying. We don't do certain things because we fear God. It is not fear that paralyzes. It is fear that produces awe and reverence. Hallelujah. Amen. Life in the Spirit, in Romans 8, as we've seen, is a life-giving spirit. It says the same Spirit that resurrected Christ is the same Spirit that will give life to your mortal bodies. Jesus did not just come to redeem us and reconcile us. He came to show us a new way to live. Hallelujah. That way, that path is the path of the Spirit of God. Amen. That path is the path of the Spirit of God. Is the path of the Spirit. And it's for every one of us. It is for every one of us. Life in the Spirit. He says, but however, you are in the Spirit. So it's not we trying to get into the spirit. He says, you are there already. Amen. But what he also teaches in other parts of the New Testament is that you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can silence the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you'll be saying you, you want to do something. Some of us want to do something. And you'll be, or when it has happened and it has borne bad fruit, you say something was telling me. No, it's the spirit of God. That was counseling you. It's not something. It's a person. See, and my mind's been there. Tell me, not be your mind. 
is the spirit of God. He was producing wisdom and counsel and thinking. But you know what you did? You, some of us, we know what we, you, you've suppressed it. You've silenced because God still wants your will to align with his will. Amen. So even though his spirit is in us, so what we do is that through the renewal of our minds, we are offering our bodies as living sacrifices. We are laying our minds, hallelujah, at his altar. Glory to God. So the will of God will not trump our will until we have surrendered our will. Amen. That's life in the spirit. He says, for you, however, are not in the flesh, which means Paul is making, he's making you understand something. I love how the New Testament, right? He's, the New Testament starts from where we are in Christ. He says, you are not in the flesh. So if we act otherwise, we're acting as what God has not made us. Some of us, when we say, uh, uh, um, you will see my true colors, those are not your true colors. Those are not your true colors. It's the colors of the flesh. Tell your neighbor, don't be on colors. <laughs> you know, I love my wife so much. She doesn't understand what I just said. She does it so beautifully innocent. Hallelujah. Amen. But you, <laughs> but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. You are in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. This is how we live in the spirit. We're in the spirit. The spirit is in us. We're in the spirit. The spirit is in us. The evidence of the inward transformation is what? is the fruit of the Spirit. The manifestation of the anointing is what we see in Isaiah 11:2. Hallelujah. That's why a group of fishermen, misfits, who ran at the sight of trouble, but when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were able to transform cities, nations for God. 2,000 years later, this movement is still starting. Started. If you think it's easy, go and start your own. Go and die on the cross and see how many people will, will follow you. We'll do hashtag RIP and hashtag crucified. And we'll forget about you by the next weekend because something else in Nigeria would have come up. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall receive power. We've talked about it. Power, um, the word used here is dunamis, which means explosive power. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God in us, the Spirit of God upon us. Please, this thing is not for organized ministry only. It is for our marriages. It is for our workplace. Hallelujah. Amen. It is for our relationships with our friends. It is in our dealings in the marketplace. The spirit within. The spirit upon. The spirit within. The spirit upon. Pastor Aaron uses this phrase. He says, I take from within and I put upon. I take from within and I put upon. I want us to pray once again. I want you to be comfortable. You want to stand, stand. 
but we're going to pray that prayer that I take from within and I put upon. Because, listen, if you're a child of God, you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. So the spirit of God is in you already. Hallelujah. But what I want us to do is to live the life that the spirit of God has ordained us to. The spirit within me. The spirit upon me. everything. Hallelujah. Father, we gather as your children. Let your power be evident. Let the fruit be evident. Let the manifestations of the Spirit be evident in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, just bless the Lord. Just bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen.